Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, it's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and welcome to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. Let's see, you probably know this individual from General Hospital, maybe Dawson's Creek, or my younger audience knows her from the TV program, Jesse. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to Carolyn Hennessy. Carolyn, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, you brought up a few old chestnuts there. I like that. <laughs> I am so glad you're able to take time to be a part of the program today. And what was interesting is I was going through some of your bio before we got started, and I'm going, wow, this woman has pretty much done everything from the TV program <laughs> The Middle to The yeah. Cougar Club yeah. to, uh, let's see, what else? There's uh, Fatal well, Affair. Yeah, all don't forget this. Cougar, right. And Cougar Town and Cougar Town, That's you know, right. heaven, for heaven's sake, you know. And I do a lot of things with cougars. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting. But again, it, it's kind of fun to have you on the program because when when I when I look at your background, I really wasn't introduced to you because I have I have uh, my oldest son is twenty two, who is also an actor. I have an eighteen year old and I have a fourteen year old, and I was introduced to you through the TV program Jesse. So again, it was well, like. For which I, I apologize. Well, no, actually, I enjoyed the program. I really did. Good. Well, good. But what I thought was interesting about the program is why did why does Disney programs seem like they only run four years? Oh, listen, Jesse was was an anomaly in that it ran four years. Um, most of the programs at that point um, ran three years. Oh really? And and I think it yes, Jesse Jesse was one of the very first and few to to get a fourth season because it was so beloved. Uh and really we kind of went out at the top of our game. Um I think I think it has to do with money. I'm not quite sure. I'm not and I'm not quite sure exactly how, but I think it just became I think almost prohibitively more expensive after 3 years. Okay. And and again, that's that's a that's a te I, and I don't and I don't know how, but that's what kind of what I was led to believe, and and therefore it is again a testament to how much Jesse was beloved, um, all over, uh, and still is that uh, that they gave it that they gave it that fourth year. Because I also thought it had to do with the age of the audience that the audience was actually aging out for the program, and it was time no. to go back and recreate. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think that, you know, the newer audience, cause don't forget at that point that you could, I think you could stream it okay. and, uh, right. and the new, the newer audiences could stream it and then, and then, you know, and get, and get caught up very quickly. And then we, no, I think, uh, I don't think it's the age of the audience cause there's always a fresh crop, you know? Oh, I got so, you. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm also looking at this. You've also done a lot of voiceover work too. 
Yeah, and in fact, I'm I'm right in the middle of of one of the best gigs ever, and that's for Nickelodeon uh, streaming on 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 Paramount Plus, but soon to go back to Nickelodeon, and that's Big Nate. Oh, really? Big okay. Nate. Yeah, yeah. I play uh, I play the his nemesis. I you know Nate Nate is this fabulous fourth grader with all of his wonderful friends, and he's just awesome or thinks he is, and I play his uh, I play Mrs. Godfrey. You know, the um, his one of his nemesis teachers. Yes. You know, the big one, the big, the big, the big, the big bad. The big and one. So okay. that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's what I find interesting. You seem to me that looking at your cast of characters, you always play that one that just may be a little bit, I don't want to say evil, but you a, can little say evil bit, a little because, bit wicked. Because a lot of them are. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Except, except when I don't. Well, yeah, of course. When they're really lovely, <laughs> right? No, no, no. Seriously, it's like it's like you would you would look at Diane Miller from General Hospital and just go, nope, not wicked at all. Yeah. Wonderful, and you know, kind of fun, and and sort of the 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 voice of the Greek chorus for the audience. Um, mm-hmm. And and she's she's been my longest running to date. But the ones that are the most fun are, of course, the you know the the, the snakes, right? The snakes that we that I that, that I've gotten to play, yeah. Yeah, well, I, apparently I do it well. <laughs> well <laughs> and that, I don't know what that says about me. Well, that's good. I don't know what that says. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, they say act, you know, write what you know, act what you know. Right. Like, well, <laughs> am I that evil, really? So when, when you look so. back at your career and everything else, and you've done, you've done um, soap operas for a long period of time, which would you rather do, a daily soap opera or something that is done weekly? Um, probably, probably weekly, uh, the, uh, the character arcs can be a little, a little more fast paced and a little larger. Um, and I've only, I've only actually done one soap opera and re- okay. I mean, really for any, for any length of time. And that's general hospital. And I'm in, I'm in my 16th year, Wow. uh, doing that. Yes. Um, but that's there again, uh, Diane Miller is not a regular character on the canvas. Okay. And uh, she's just a she's just what they call a heavy duty recur, and she's also happens to be a fan favorite because the General Hospital fans are smart. Um, so I but but I I would I think I would much rather do a weekly because the stories change, you know, and 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 we get to kind of experience new things. Um, you you would on a weekly basis, and and that's a little um, that's a little more refreshing. It's a little more challenging too, you know. How are we gonna How are we gonna deal with something this week as opposed to um, we're coming to the tail end of the story and it's been three months and right. we we kind of you know say we we reiterate the same things a lot and you know from from one episode to the next. Um, and and again, don't get me wrong, I love General Hospital. It's the gift that keeps on giving, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Okay. Um, to to yes yes. To me, and I always like to think that what I'm saying or doing is is challenging for me. It's a lot of fun for me, and so if it's fun for me, it's going to be fun for the players that I play with and the audience. And Diane is is very much um, one of the bits of well, she's actually she's pretty much the comic relief on General Hospital, while at the same time being very smart and and having a lot of gravitas to her. Um, so again, I love doing it, but, uh, a weekly, you know, a weekly something or other would be a lot of fun. So I noticed that you were on one program twice. 
about five years apart, and that was the 70s show. How do you do that? I was the only act- <laughs> I was actually the only actress to be on that show. Um, wait a minute. At the time that I was cast, I was at that point the only actress to ever do two different roles on okay. on, on the 70s show. I think I think I think maybe as as time went on, um, they maybe asked asked some others. Um, I just uh, I don't know. <laughs> you have to ask the, you have to ask the producer. I like I that. Know, I don't know. I don't I know. know um, that's funny. I have no idea how I did it. Um, so if, if someone came up to you and said, Carolyn, we want to give you a weekly sitcom, would you, would you take it? Of course. Comedy is, comedy is like oxygen to me, making people laugh. That's, that's, that's why I live. Right. And a weekly sitcom. Oh my goodness. That would be, that, that would be heaven because you get, also you get the, you get the best of both worlds. You get, uh, when they when unless unless we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, right, and, right. and the the studio and the studio audiences are not there, you get the best of both worlds. It's like it's like being in a play that you're putting on tape and is then going to be sent out, you know, all over the all over the country and all over the world. But you have that that initial uh, that wonderful rush of hearing the audience reaction when you're saying something for the first time, and uh, and and laughing, you know, legitimately. Uh, and there's there's nothing like that. So of course I would do a sitcom. Sitcoms are, and you know a great sitcom. It's it's worth its weight in gold. Truly, truly. Has anybody approached you about doing one? Well, not me. Uh, not me personally. I like a sitcom for me. Okay. But I've I've been on a lot of sitcoms. Right. Right. Oh yeah. I've uh, yeah yeah. So uh, you know. Because I think not that, yet, but well, hopefully soon. That's what I was going to say. Because you have have done so many different types of roles that I'm surprised yeah, no one think. has approached. Yeah, and they've they've all been successful too. And I could understand yeah, if I, if they tanked, but they haven't. Right, and you could also understand if I was like a you know not a known commodity. Well. I'm that that isn't me. I'm 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 pretty much a known commodity. You you know, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, right. So. So, right. yeah, I would think it, I would think I would be terrific. Oh. I mean, I mean, I would think somebody somebody should offer me a sitcom. Well, I, we I think let's, we, just, I let's think, just let's just put it that way. If you want, I'll start marketing for you. I think that's a great idea. Please I, do. I, <laughs> Please do. I really I'm, gonna, think I'm counting on you, my friend. I, I, well, I'm glad. I, I will do my best to see what I can do for you. But again, it's just one of those situations where y- you have a face that people recognize. They may not recognize your name, but they know who you are. Now, do people right. approach? Do people approach you in public? Oh, of course. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. And 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 yeah, they- the kids, kids. Kids still approach me in public. The kids who are who are now like on the, well, you know, watching Jesse, right. you know, in in its like fifth incarnation. Yeah. Um, but also kids in like their twenties. It's like and they they they'll come up to me and they'll say, "Oh my gosh, you were my childhood." Right. Like, well, I'm glad. And then and a lot of people, uh, a lot of the wonderful fans from General Hospital will will approach me. And then and then I and then I get a lot of True Blood and 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 Cougar Town and sometimes a revenge here and there. So so yeah. Yeah, people come up to me all the time. I think I think that is I think and, that is downright amazing. I really do because I think I think that says something about you that that people that watched you on Disney Channel and a lot of people think Disney 
the Disney Channel is just an over-glorified commercial for the corporation. But if they remember an individual right. that they watch day in and day out and then actually come up to see them, I think that's special. I really do. It, it is, and it's a lot of fun for me. It's a lot of fun for me. But also, don't forget, I mean, Jess, you know, Jesse wasn't the first thing I ever did. Lord right. Oh, no, no, I know that. So, so pe- pe- right, right. But people, so people have been kind of seeing me around for a while, <laughs> if you know, you know, right? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm like... I'm like the I'm like the bad penny that keeps turning up. <laughs> well, Carolyn, we got to take a brief break, and we'll come back with more conversation. Welcome back to this edition of the Bill Alexander Show. On the phone line, I have Carolyn Hennessy with me. Now, Carolyn, everybody seems like they have a podcast, and you're not excluded. <laughs> you do too. I do. I mean, listen, you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be at the tail end of this vanguard, please. <laughs> I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting right in there. Yes. And actually, the one that I've got now is my second podcast. Okay. My first was. Um, I think. I think we had it for about six years, and it was called Animal Magnetism. And you can still go back on my YouTube channel and find those Animal Magnetism shows, okay. and they're wonderful because it's all about animal advocacy, preservation, and conservation. Um, from a real-world standpoint, not, as I say, a batshit crazy activist standpoint. So, uh, again, again, truly, truly, because there's, there's a big difference between advocates and, and activists. Right. And so I am very, very much, very much an advocate. Um, and, and, then, and then during the, during the pandemic, we right. sort of rethought that and, and came up with a reformatted, uh, a reformatted uh, podcast called Life, Love, and Conservation. So we've got you know, 10 minutes of a life topic and 10 minutes of a love topic and then 10 minutes of, uh, of, of, a, of a conservation topic. So, so that's that's what I'm doing now. So what drew you to the whole idea of doing a podcast? Was it that you've always wanted your own quote unquote talk program or did it, it was just something that you thought you could uh, do in your free time and enjoy it at the same time? Um, no, it was, it was certainly with animal magnetism. It was the idea of getting a very, ex, I mean, extremely important message okay. out there. And that is that, you know, <laughs> animals don't need us, but we need them. Right. So let's take care of them and let's try and again, preserve and conserve species and, 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 uh, and treat them as, as humanely as possible. And that very often means we treat them better than we treat ourselves. Okay. So, uh, so, so that was because I was, I was made so aware of that, um, from my animal advocacy mentor, a man named, uh, Grace Stafford, Dr. Grace Stafford. And, and, you know, we're, we're coming up on what, 8 billion people on this planet. And we, um, we need to start figuring out how we're going to peacefully coexist. Uh, because if we don't, we're all doomed. You know, you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, once once the big once the big metaterrestrials go, the uh, you know the rhinos and the, right. and the elephants and the then we're 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 simply not far behind. We're just not far behind. Because, and so that's uh, yeah. Because I I think it's interesting because even and and I know you talk the rhinos and the larger animals, but where I live in southwestern Pennsylvania, just south of Pittsburgh, you start to see what urban sprawl has done to an area. And that you know, mm-hmm. residential outside of small towns and cities, even where there's home, mm-hmm. you have you're being overrun by deer, and it's not because it's something new. It was there; they were there first, 
Ed, that's where they're right. supposed to be. Right. And it's just yes, a shame because people, people are eliminating them. I know, I know, and 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 there's of course the uh, there's the excuse or the or the rationale that well you know the overpopulation of right. deer and so on and so forth. It's like yeah, well if the overpopulation of deer, um, that's what that's what's meant to be. Now, if those herds are sick, if those you know if those if those populations are in trouble, um, or if it's or if it is to if sometimes. Very sometimes you can uh, you can you can try to save one particular population of a species by by culling and but those are those are you know you have to you have to think those things through. So I don't I don't know if the deer are overpopulated in your area. I don't know if 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 a study has been done that says yeah okay here's the hunting season go and and do this because. Right. It often down, it, oftentimes it comes down to a question of, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs right. of the few or the one. Right. So, 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 you know, you have to, again, think, you have to think logically, rationally, and factually about animal advocacy. So a question so. for you that just popped in my mind when you said that is these in, in the, in the uh, Northwest, you have these areas where they bring in animals and they do hunt with them in a, a, a confined area, which I don't mm-hmm. understand how that's a sport. Well, and I just think it's very well, it's, inhumane it's, is what it is. Well, well, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's not a sport. It's not a sport. It's for, it's for men with tiny appendages to go out and, <laughs> you know, hoist, hoist a gun right. and, and feel, and feel good about themselves. Now, but you counter that. With something like, for instance, what they do in Texas, I think there are, there are farms in Oklahoma where you have, for instance, the scimitar horned oryx. Okay. That is an that that's that is a that's a, that's a type of an antelope off of the um, out of out of the African continent, and it's it was damn near extinct in the wild, but they brought it here. They they bred like rabbits or like scimitar horned orcs will do. Okay, and 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 these populations are thriving. Now, how are they going to feed these populations? Well, they they offer a canned hunt, and so they would they will take, you know, the, maybe the not one who is a little sick or one who is a little aged, right. et cetera, and 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 they charge a boatload. For someone to come in and unfortunately kill that animal, and then that money goes to feeding, housing, oh, caring, okay. breeding that other that you know the rest of that population. And there are certain populations of antelopes, uh, you know, other other species that are part of these farms okay. that are raised by these farms that have that have now been introduced back into the wild. So, is it inhumane? Yeah. Is it is it is it going money that's spent? Is it going to a greater good? You bet, you bet. So so as much as I hate the idea of of, of a human raising a gun against an animal, except in self defense, um, you I, you have to look at the big picture. You've got to because, because now, now when, when we, we are able, able there's, don't forget, there's there's no more wild. There's no, there are no more wild faces. We've pretty much explored. Everything on this planet, except in, including the Mariana's Trench, you know what I mean. 
So it's like, so there are no more wild spaces. So, and humans are encroaching. I mean, they're encroaching into the, 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 the elephant great migration route. They're, okay. they're encroaching, uh, you know, in, in, in Pennsylvania. And, and it's not the animal's fault. But when we, when we are able to reintroduce these, these, these antelopes, these species back into the wild, and we can, then, yeah, we've got those populations because someone had, you know, kind of an, a twisted and interesting idea. Hey, let's shoot one. And then the rest, the, and then the rest will thrive. Is it ideal? Of course not. Of course not. But is it working? It seems to be. So, again, big picture. We have to look at big picture. So another question for you, which I guess it was during the pandemic, a program was on Netflix that came out of nowhere um, that was dealing with Joe Exotic and these tigers that he was raising. And then that right. situation, is there ever a good situation to have tigers in captivity? Uh, in, in, in human care where it is. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, captivity and Joe Exotic and, and captivity is different than okay. an accredited zoo okay. or zoological facility. So let's just be real clear about that. Okay. Joe Exotic, absolutely not. Okay. Anything that even approaches a Joe Exotic, close it down. Okay. Uh, an accredited zoo or zoological facility, you bet. Because, again, in the wild, these species are being decimated. Decimated. And I don't care how well Joe Exotic takes care of his, of his and, I, and from what I understand, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't watch Tiger King. I mean, what's the point? There's no point. And because you know, it really wasn't even about the tigers. It was about this woman trying to shut him down. I yes. don't know. Yeah. I, do, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. even care. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Joe Exotic, no. But, you know, the Los Angeles Zoo, you bet. Um, um, you know, and, and any of a number, and any um, AZA or ZAA accredited facility, yes. Because... We have the gene pools. We've got this. We've got the actual animals. We've got, you know, to be to be a little bit graphic. We've got we have we have we have the sperm and the egg from from multiple sources. So that if and when humanity stops losing its mind and stops, you know, catering to the Joe Exotics or catering to uh, to to you know temples in India that 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 trot out the tigers you know, for pictures and, 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 you know, if we stop losing our minds and realize that these animals simply need to be in the wild and to stop hunting them, right. because guess what? The tiger penis is not an aphrodisiac. It does not enhance male virility. Seriously, seriously. Cause there are some, shall we say backwards, uh, um, thinking, thinking mindset in certain areas of the world that, 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 that think that, 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 you know, they think it does. They think the rhino horn is is something other than just a a basic basically large fingernail right. you know that does nothing for you that shark fin soup that does something for you it does nothing for you mm -hmm. it just mutilates and it just it just slaughters sharks so if if we ever get to a point where we you know start becoming thinking individuals again all over the planet we've got we have the gene pool and we've got these species because they are in accredited zoological facilities and we can repopulate and we can and we can all you know kind of go on living our lives. We'll never we'll never be able to walk down Main Street hand in hand with tigers and elephants. Of course. But but if if we if we start really becoming smart, caring, fact fact driven 
stewards of this planet, then then we all stand a much, much better chance. So, so there so, you go. So what organizations, if somebody wants to help out and, and, and try to put money in the right locations, what organizations are right. out there that they can help? First of all, American Humane. Okay. American Humane is the oldest and it's the best. And so much, I think it's 98 cents of the dollars that you, of every dollar that they receive goes to animal care, helping animals in floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires, um, rescuing, rescuing animals out of dire situations that humans have put them in. So American Humane, number one. Okay. For me, it would be my Los Angeles, my, it would, it would be my Los Angeles Zoo because what they are doing internationally, global outreach conservation programs, as well as this, they're, they're incredible. Um, just state-of-the-art facility that, that they've got here, you know, in, in Griffith Park. But um, internationally, and because uh, I'm, I'm a huge elephant fan, so I would, I would look at uh, Elephant Nature Park right outside, of Ta- right outside of Chiang Mai, run by a woman named Lek Chyler. So look at Elephant Nature Park in Thailand. But there again, go do some research, um, um, call American Humane and say, hey, you know, in addition to you, what are what are the international charities that you like? Where should where should we put our dollars? Right. Um, and they will. I and 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 I think they will tell you. You can also like um, charity meter charity meter dot com, and they will they rate them. You know, five stars to one star. Um, but if you've just got a few pennies and you wanna you wanna think locally and act locally, everyone within the sound of this of your voice. Uh, go to your local zoo and say, I want to donate. And this is what I want to donate to. Take a, take a, take a trip to your local zoo and say, I want to learn about this and why you're doing this. This doesn't look right. Please explain to me why it is. This looks great. Oh, but you'd like to make it better? Okay. And, and donate to your local zoo provided it is a, um, AZA accredited facility. Okay. And if you see a roadside attraction, you know, do your best to shut it down. Right. So there you go. Right. That's very interesting. The so other, there you go. Um, so, what got you involved with working with with these organizations and and getting the word out about protecting them and doing, doing sure. what you can? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a it's a fun story. Um, I because of my fan base, and this was about again sixteen years ago. Okay. I uh, when I when I was I just started on General Hospital, and. Uh, my fan base was accruing rather fast, and a woman thinking she was doing a she, thinking she was doing a good thing sent me a video, and she said, "Boycott Ringling Brothers, there they abuse their elephants." And I watched this video, and I said, "Boy, do they ever!" And I sent this video out, and I said, "Boycott Ringling Brothers." And very soon thereafter, uh, a gentleman, Gray Stafford, my now animal mentor. Um, he and his wife love General Hospital, and he's also one of the foremost animal advocates on the planet. He was basically like Jack Hanna's protege. And so he, he was very smart. He reached out to me and he said, Miss Tennessee, thank you so much for, you know, you're, you're in Hollywood, but yet you're speaking out on, on behalf of animals. And we really need, we need more people like you to speak out correctly on behalf of animals. Um, however, you might want to know this. That that video that you posted that was sent to you is at well at that point it was 35 years old, and those training methods aren't used anymore. And Ringling Brothers has the largest in-country and best elephant breeding uh, program in the world. They are trying to save species, and uh-huh. so 
you know, and those, and, and I went, oh my God, I just dissed, dissed an organization that is actually working for the betterment of elephants. And I said, I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm never going to speak without knowing the facts. So I contacted Gray and I said, tell me more, tell me what you know, tell me more. And he did. And I have been uh, sitting at the knee of the master for the last 16 years and really doing my due diligence, learning, 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 weighing both sides, seeing where I fall down and where I fall down unanimously is on the side of advocacy. Um, Because, again, because so many other organizations, um, I don't know, one that begins, let's say, with a P, um, (laughs) they they are stunt-driven. They couldn't care less about animals. If you if you look if you talk to anybody in that organization and you say where is a piece of legislation, where is a building, where is a policy that you have that you pers- that you know your organization has has seen through start to finish, a building that 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 works on behalf of animals. Where is it? And they, they can't they can't point to anything because it's only stunt driven. So it's so again they, they to my way of thinking and this is my opinion. Um, they do not care about animals. I am only concerned with people who care about animals. Um, they, are, they, they care about other things as far as I'm concerned. But you take something like um, American Humane, um, an, an accredited zoological facility, um, look, at, look, at, look at sanctuaries um, outside of this country, like, for instance, Elephant Nature Park, and they all they care about are animals mm-hmm. because they understand the big picture, and that is, once once they go, we are not far behind. So saving the animals is saving ourselves. So it's do, as simple as that. Do you think? Because I remember within the last uh, was it last five ten years that Ringling Brothers basically got rid of all their animals because of the negative press they were receiving. Are they still they working did. with they them, did. They... or did they just say, "Okay, we're done. There's nothing we can do for them"? No, I believe that I believe they are still working with them um, in their in their facilities. Okay, or they have they have transferred them to accredited sanctuaries. Okay. Um. And, and, but but I, I I believe or they or they possibly have transferred them to accredited zoos. Okay. Where where the elephant populations are are because you know elephants will elephants can bond with with those that are not necessarily of the of their immediate family. Um. I just know that those elephants are are incredibly well protected. Um, and yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that Ringling Brothers did not stand up for itself and say, "Look, when we have these uh, these animals in the ring, they are here with positive. Tra- they have been trained with positive reinforcement training, which makes any any action that, it, that you ask an animal to do is a party. Any any gathering, it becomes a party because it's all in the animal's time. Positive reinforcement training means that if an animal, if you actually give a command to an animal and it does not respond. You don't punish ever. Right. You ignore, and and it would been it would have been a, it would have been the, the uh, such an incredible thing for thousands of people, especially the kids, in you know three shows a day at Ringling to see if one of the cats, if one of the elephants, if one of the horses just simply didn't feel like doing a particular, um, um, you, you know, finishing a, a particular command that day. If it's, you know, to see to see the trainer just go, yep, okay, it's on your time, honey, it's on your time. But but they didn't. They didn't stand for themselves. And I wish they had because it would have been an incredible ambassadorship, and 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 it would have shown kind of the glories of human animal interaction when you use 
positive reinforcement training. Um, listen, every every dog, every cat, every dung beetle, every elephant um, should only should only be be cared for and and trained with positive reinforcement training. Period. And if and and if your audience doesn't know what it is, please go look it up because. It is the way to go. It's just the way to go. It may take a little longer, especially if you have been used to negative training right. um, because your animals are now living in fear. Mm-hmm. So it may take a little longer, too, but, but you can absolutely do it. And you get a happier, healthier, more loving animal that will do whatever you say at the end of it and will love you for it and will not be terror- terrified of you. So let me go another round with the circus and talk about mm-hmm. you and being able to fly the trapeze. Yes, 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 indeed. I fly trapeze and I also hang trapeze. Really? Uh, two, two, different, two different disciplines, yes. Yes, the, um, the aerial arts, I, I love the aerial arts. And so I, I do a lot of what they call static or hanging or single trapeze. And then I also fly trapeze. So, so there you go. Yeah, I've been doing that for about 20 years now. So do you do so. this in your free time or... Um, I do. I do. I do. Yes. Um, the, uh, the flying rig, the flying rig that I, that I was at for so many years, unfortunately closed down. So now the, the one that I have to go to is, is a little ways away. So I basically am now concentrating on, um, the hanging trapeze because I have a rig at the end of my driveway okay. and that's easy to do. Do the neighbors yeah. look at you odd yeah. when you're hanging there? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Just don't care. That's your that's your that's your version of yoga, right? Uh, that's oh please, are you kidding? It works muscles that you never knew you had. Because I never knew you had any of that. I mean, it's like it's like really. <laughs> so it, that's so, a yeah, skill. So How did you find out that that was a skill that you had? Because I can't imagine just one day out of the blue. I had. To... <laughs> hey, I'd like to hang by my ankle. <laughs> um, I I um a production of Comedy of Errors at university many, many years ago, and it was a circus theme. And so the two lead females were up on, on hanging trapezes. And okay. you know, there were other, there was like a tightrope walker, and there were jugglers, and there were this and that and so on and so forth. But the two lead females were on static trapezes, and it was wonderful. And, you know, spouting Shakespeare by, you know, hanging, hanging by your thumbs. So, so I discovered that I really loved it. Yeah, so I, I basically have three homes. I've got my home home. I've got any sound stage or any any uh, theatrical stage, and then in the air. That's what I. That's what I do. That's cool. That's where I. That's where I live. Well, yeah, Carolyn, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me today and um, talking to my, my audience. My pleasure. I've learned so much. Thank you so much. Oh, good, good. I'm so and and and, and thanks to your audience for listening and and uh, and hopefully they uh, you know. Hopefully they look at their dogs and cats differently, unless, of course, they already love them like members of the family, in which case, you know, I've, I was preaching to the choir. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. you were speech, speaking to the choir right here because I have I have a Good. new puppy that actually is my son's who is now in Virginia. He had just signed three contracts with Bush Gardens. He's performing down there oh. now through Christmas. And we got his dog, who is nine months old. It's an Australian Shepherd and has more energy than we know what to do yeah. with. It's just... Yeah, yeah. So here's the book you need to get. It's called Zoomility, Z-O-O-M-I-L-I-T-Y. Again, Dr. Gray Stafford. And I wouldn't, I listen, I wouldn't push it if it weren't, if it weren't okay. like, you know, the Bible. Um, and it will help you train anything from, you know, your pet lizard to, uh, to your pet elephant. 
So, uh, so go, go get it because it will save you, save you. Yep. Zumility, Dr. Gray Stafford. And, and, and you, and your son will come home to a, to the best trained pup. (laughs) Uh, and, and probably, well, the pup probably won't want to leave you. Well, that's what I'm saying. If I, if I can get it trained, I mean, we're getting there, we're getting there slowly, but surely. But if I if it if it becomes trained, it's mine. There's no way I'm giving it back. <laughs> so. Oh sure, and that's and that's and that's fine. And the thing is, the thing is, with with a book like Zenility, you yeah. don't need to pay hundreds of dollars oh, yeah. for a trainer, and you don't know what that trainer is doing yeah. unless you're there every step of the way. And if you and if you can't recognize negative training, negative reinforcement training versus positive reinforcement training, you sometimes don't know what that what 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 you know the fear that may be being instilled into that into that animal so get it read it do it yourself and and one thing i think is interesting you keep saying it and people that don't know it within the last 20 or 30 years that's how we started raising our kids with positive reinforcement because we learned that negative reinforcement didn't work and we have more problems so not only you doing with your 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 kid kids you're doing it with your fur kids now and that makes sense it just makes a lot of sense sure exactly i mean i mean you know I sort of think that uh, you know the best generation wasn't necessarily raised without uh, without a, without a swat on the behind every once in a while. But you can't do that to your animals, and you shouldn't do it. Right. You, you really you really shouldn't shouldn't do it to to your children. So you you but you, there's no way because animals truly have no voice. Mm-hmm. At least kids have got a voice. Do you know what I mean? Whether Good they point, whether yeah. or not they know how to use it. Right. But animals have no voice. Right. So so we cannot. And they and they they utterly thoroughly depend on us. Their entire lives, their entire lives. So we've got to make sure that we are um, the best, most loving, most generous, and caring caretakers of 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 these these very innocent innocent creatures. So. Well, Carolyn, thank you very much. I really enjoyed talking today, and I'd love to have you back on the program um, in the Anytime. future to talk about any uh, what any future projects you have coming up or um, any other things going on with your animal advocacy, which I think is, is wonderful. So thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Anytime. And, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You have okay. a great rest All of right, your day, you. and we'll talk to you next time. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, you got it. Hey, a big thank you goes out to Carolyn Hennessy for being a part of the program today. Really enjoyed it. It was so nice to be able to talk to her about her career, her podcast, and her animal advocacy that she is doing. And also learning about the trapeze. So, Carolyn, thank you very much. Can't wait to talk to you next time. And everyone, thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.